With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. If you haven't heard the best ball streets are hot over week 17 and rightfully so it's kind of new but not really new we were talking about this last year uh josh and i i just re-listened to uh our breakdown of the first place winner last year and the entire time we were talking about week 17 correlation so this is not a new idea but it's gone to the mainstreams definitely this year um if you are just living under a rock the gist of this is basically most of the money, not all, but most of the money in Best Ball Mania 3 and in the puppy so far is given out to the highest scores based off of week 17. Obviously, you have to get there each week. But if you're going to win $2 million in underdog uh, this year, you're going to have to have a massive score in week 17. There's more people in the finals this year, and that matters a little bit. So the idea is if I've drafted a player um, on my team, and I might as well add a player from the opposing team because those players are correlated a little bit at their ceilings. For example, Marquise Brown scores an 80-yard touchdown in Week 17. That probably means the Falcons are going to be passing even more, so Drake London would project more uh, as a bring-back option to it. So very simple, and really, um, there really is no debate here to me. The, the bring-back correlation exist it has existed in dfs forever and it will exist in week 17 as well there is a debate on how much correlation there is and to me game stacks are less important than team stacks for example your quarterback and wide receiver they're correlated at their ceilings much more than a wide receiver and then an opposing wide receiver you know so to me it's all about the team stacks first and then sprinkle in the bring back correlation on the backside. And really, Mike Leone worded this perfect. He tweeted, if you're taking correlation at ADP value, it's literally a free roll on the correlation mattering. You lose nothing if it doesn't. And that's exactly right. There is no downside to adding a player on the opposing team. That even if there is no correlation, if you're getting these players at ADP, that seems like a totally fine pick. So, to me, it's it is a tiebreaker for the most part. Um, if you have a player ranked ahead, draft that player. If an ADP is at one twenty, draft that player ahead of the the guy that's correlated at one thirty five. You can kind of pick your spots with this, um, but I do think that you can still have player takes while still doing this. If you don't like Traylon Burks at ADP, take Robert Woods or Austin Hooper as the bring back option. 
instead, just you don't have to take Traylon Burks uh, on the on the Titans just because uh, he he correlates. Why not just wait for the next one until Robert Woods or Austin Hooper, if you like those players instead, or in the beginnings of your draft, if you're for whatever reason, if you're fading the Bengals this year because they cost too much, just don't draft T Higgins. You don't have to worry about the correlation part. Just skip those names. Go to the next name. If you're a big Chargers fan, just draft uh, Mike Williams instead of T Higgins and then correlate back in. So um, I still think that we can have player takes. Not every single pick has to be correlated with a bring back option. Truly, it's barely mattering. It matters a little bit for the bring backs, but it matters just a little bit. So um, you can still have player takes. I'm going to go through these game by game stacks and we're going to go over my some of my personal player takes and how I would be stacking these games in particular. Um, obviously, we do not need to be reaching on stacks. Jack Miller showed how reaching on stacks basically takes away all the advantage. I've done research that on a play by play basis as well just can't be reaching uh on these stacks even if even if you are adding correlation you still want um good prices so now this is where it gets a little bit trickier and i want to try to kind of spin this is figuring out how often people are using week 17 correlation how often teams are being stacked and if there's a uniqueness angle that we can get to this and i think there's a couple ways um that i'll be bringing up today uh number one the just because you have drafted let's say um what's a good one justin jefferson in the first round this year you don't have to automatically take aaron jones in the second round you know even though they're playing each other even though they're positively correlated at ceiling outcomes you don't have to take aaron jones there there are 10 other packers that you can add for correlation including aj dillon if you like A.J. Dillon more than Aaron Jones this year, a lot of the teams, because their ADPs align, I'll show you guys that in a second, are just going to automatically draft those two. You know, you can still see it with Christian McCaffrey and Leonard Fournette. You don't have to do that. You can skip that and go to the next one. And I think that would add a little bit of uniqueness here as well. Um, you can also not have to stack your uh, early wide receiver with that early quarterback. C.D. Lamb, you don't have to stack him with Dak Prescott. Obviously, that would be helpful. But if you want to get unique and you want to do C.D. Lamb in, in the at the one-two turn, and then you're going to pivot and say C.D. Lamb's going to blow up, but the Cowboys really aren't going to be that good this year. And instead, I want to build around the Kyler stack with Marquise Brown and Zach Ertz and stuff. Go for that. Totally, totally unique team. You don't have to do um, your elite wide receiver with the elite quarterback. Um, obviously, it's helpful, but I think we're, one of my theories here is the early round quarterbacks, the mid-tier quarterbacks are up like around a round and a half right now. And I think because more and more people are getting onto the stacking thing, onto the bring back thing, and it's elevating the prices a little bit, I think that was warranted. I wrote a column that quarterbacks are underrated on underdog, so I totally get it. But I do think that the quarterback threes are a little undervalued right now. And just because all those, every single uh, Cooper Cup team is drafting Matthew Stafford, uh, the Jerry Judy teams are always drafting Russell Wilson. So you stack one of the elite wide receivers or, or leave the wide receivers unstacked at the top and then hammer kind of the second tier stacks like with like going CeeDee Lamb with like a Trevor Lawrence Christian Kirk stack. I think there's a, things get a little bit interesting going uh, that way. The important part of this 
column to me are these charts. And I think that it was very helpful for me to see where players are getting drafted using kind of the draft board. Because you can easily see how teams get paired up often. Uh, we'll start with uh, the Rams Chargers. I think it's the best Week 17 game. Uh, they're in a dome. There's no travel. These offenses are sick. The Chargers defense is definitely better this year than it was previously. But these teams play with pace. They can be high neutral pass rate. And this game could be a massive, massive, massive outcome. Uh, what's interesting, though, is the Keenan Allen and Mike Williams price has gotten pretty expensive. Uh, Mike Williams was going nowhere near 29th overall. Uh, and I think the reason why that Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are hovering right here is because the Cooper Cup teams are like auto building these these teams right here with a bring back of Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. Uh, so there's a couple ways to kind of combat this. Um, you can just go with Mike Williams, Justin Herbert, and then wait a little bit and then just go with like a more of a mini stack here. Or you can full blown game stack this out with Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson, Matthew Stafford and Mike Williams. This will be repeated a billion times, but rightfully so. This game is uh, completely sick. Uh, here, let's see. I have my favorite game stacks Cooper Cup with Matthew Stafford, Tyler Higby, and then the Mike Williams, Gerald Everett bring back. So, as an option, on to number two, Bills Bengals. Yes, there's going to be some weather concerns. I went through this, there's going to be a lot of weather concerns here. This is the Monday night football game. Uh, this is the hammer. This will be the funnest game, uh, to be sweating out there because. There'll be tons of teams that have a chance with a huge Jamar Chase game, a huge Josh Allen game. How do you stack this? Basically, Jamar Chase and Steph Diggs, it's impossible to stack. Uh, Joe Mixon, Steph Diggs, uh, there's a little bit of correlation there if you choose to do that. That's also going to be a little more challenging to stack. What happens is there's a debate. Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, should you be stacking two wide receivers that rank this high uh, together? And there's, I think cost is definitely a factor when you're looking at uh, week 17 and the bring back options, not less of the bring back options, but definitely just the team dynamics. Because if Jamar Chase has that 50 burger again, it's going to be hard for T Higgins to pay off a second round value. And when there's more and more people in the finals, these little things matter a lot. So to me, it's you can go Jamar Chase T Higgins on, on the Joe Burrow team. Definitely can do it. My favorite would be to draft either one of the wide receivers draft Joe Burrow and then draft Tyler Boyd. And this is something I want to talk about is uh correlation based off of like contingencies and the wide receiver threes on decent offenses are some of my favorite picks because Tyler Boyd is currently going in the 10th round right now. If T Higgins or Jamar chase te tears their ACL, I think that he would go somewhere around Gabe Davis as a number two in a good offense up to round five. If either one of Jamar chase or T Higgins misses time and you had the other one all of a sudden you have the best stack possible with the Bengals. so to me i like jamar chase joe burrow tyler boyd i don't really want to be doing the jamar chase t higgins joe burrow teams because i know a better version of this stack exists and truthfully tyler boyd's probably just going to pay off his adp uh at that price even if jamar chase and t higgins stay healthy the other great part about this stack is dawson knox Dawson Knox fits perfectly as a bring back option with the Bengals because you're not going to get tight end points from the Bengals. Most likely Hayden Hurst is probably just not good enough. Dawson Knox is, I think, a value just straight up, not even including that he's such a perfect bring back option on the other team. And 
if you're looking at it from the Bills' perspective, the Steph Diggs, Josh Allen teams were starting to be able to get both of them. And if I am able to get that, I would personally rather go Dawson Knox as my uh, double stack rather than Gabe Davis because Gabe Davis is a little bit more expensive and Dawson Knox hits the tight end position. And if you're thinking about it, there's only going to be so many touchdowns scored on a team. If you get four or five touchdowns from this Bills team and one of them goes to Dawson Knox, you're probably sitting at a Dawson Knox top five, top 10 fantasy week. If you get one touchdown out of Gabe Davis, you're not necessarily going to have a top 15, top 20 wide receiver week out of him. So when there's only so many touchdowns to go around, I love the wide receiver one, the quarterback one, and the tight end one as the stack. Now, every single offense doesn't operate like that, but I think that's kind of how I'm walking through it. Broncos Chiefs, this one's super interesting. All of the Broncos wide receivers have gone up since Pete Overzet's first video that's basically kind of started the conversation to the extreme this year about week 17 mattering so much. And I think the reason why is because everybody wants to stack this game. Like the teams that draft Travis Kelsey in round one, they're looking for bring back options immediately. And Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton are were back in this range, but now they're getting to the point where they're being commonly paired with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. I think they're getting pretty expensive, uh, expensive enough to the point where I probably am looking to not use them as much unless I'm actually stacking this game. Um, and I'm really starting to notice like these back half of the draft teams is where all these stacks are going to be. Your Chargers and, and Rams are all going to be on the, the teams that drafted first, second, third, fourth overall. And all of the uh, Broncos and Chiefs teams are going to be uh, drafted from the 8, 9, 10, 11, 12th spot. Um, so kind of think through those things. I think there's some weird things you can do in like round two, round three to kind of get some really unique teams uh, through right here. But you can see how Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Juju, Sky Moore are all kind of on this side of the board. And that's why I think Marquez Valdez-Scantling, uh, now that his OTAs are getting uh, positive reports, I think that he's going to start getting into the 87th, 86th, somewhere in this range because he's going to be paired nicely um, with Patrick Mahomes. I think you can stack Patrick Mahomes with at least two pass catchers here. Um, I think that you can do it with Clyde Edwards Hilaire. This offense is cheap enough. If Travis Kelsey misses time, all these players will be value. So it really just comes down to the cost. I think that you can stack this game up a million ways. The one decision that we have to be making now is the only way to get Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Russell Wilson stacks is probably by reaching. And I think that, it is probably worth doing like once or twice if you're going to be max entering, but it would require Cortland Sutton in the third round, uh, Jerry Judy in the fourth round, and then either some luck for Russell Wilson to fall or to reach on Russell Wilson in the sixth round. That's basically the only way to get the double stacks. You're going to frequently see one of these two receivers with Russell Wilson and then Tim Patrick. And that's why Tim Patrick's cost keeps going up as well. Um, but I, I don't think you're going to see too many Jerry Judy plus Cortland Sutton AD, or teams because they've been right next to each other in ADP this entire time. So uh, something to think about. Um, but obviously this game makes a ton of sense, especially when you have like Melvin Gordon's a great bring back option on Patrick Mahomes teams. Uh, and then the opposite is true. Um, if you can get Clyde Edwards, Slayer, Ronald Jones on the bring back, 
uh, for the other team. Um, I have a teardrop here, so let me check the comments, make sure uh, we don't have any questions. I'll try to get to any questions if you guys have them later on. 49ers Raiders. This is one of the games that's in the dome. There's not much travel here. Uh, this is not an in-division game, so the setup is perfect. The Raiders defense is usually trash. The 49ers defense is usually pretty good, but they're on the road here, uh, and there's a million ways to stack this. I do want to mention, though, for a couple reasons, Devontae Adams and Debo Samuel, because they're both paired together at the, the round one-two turn, and because the zero uh, RB bros are going to be drafting only wide receivers here. This will be one of the most common pairings, uh, round one, round two pairings that there is, period. Devontae Adams plus Debo Samuel, game 17 stack, uh, zero uh, RB bros, the whole thing. This will be very commonly paired. I would say 10, 12% of the time, uh, these two will be paired together. So if you are concerned with that, I think there's some ways to combat that very easily. Uh, if you draft Devontae Adams, skip over Debo Samuel, draft uh, Brandon Ayuk later, uh, draft Elijah Mitchell later. It doesn't have to be Debo Samuel. And that's what I was going back to at the beginning of the show. Just because you drafted a player in round one does not mean you automatically have to start getting correlation in round two. You can just go Brandon Ayuk, Trey Lance uh, later on. I, I do think that the Trey Lance will be making it, I would say at least he'll be in the 80 overall range. I think what's actually going to happen is Trey Lance, once Jimmy G gets traded, I think he's going to settle in like the low 60s because that's where you're going to be pairing him up with Debo Samuel and all the bring back options are going to sit, settle on this part of the board. So I'm expecting a big Trey Lance uh, leap here at any moment when Jimmy G gets traded or released. And I think now is the time to be buying. Uh, the only thing about the Trey Lance stuff is just figuring out how many pass catchers to be stacking with him. And that's like when we go to these questions about should it be a double stack? Can you do a triple stack? How many to stack? It really, I think the answer is you probably want to be settling in at double stacks. Uh, for the most part, I think you can do a triple stack, a quarterback plus uh, three of his pass catchers, but the cost has to be appropriate when that happens, and it has to be a pass-first offense. To me, you can do Trey Lance doubles here. I think I prefer Trey Lance single stacks and then hope Trey Lance just runs a ton here. Uh, Debo Samuel and George Kittle are definitely not uh, cheap, in my opinion. Uh, they're, I think they're reasonably priced. Like I think that last year kind of showed how good Debo Samuel was. But I think that if I was picking one, it would be Trey Lance plus Brandon Ayuk right now. Because um, Brandon Ayuk would get better if Debo Samuel or George Kittle misses. Uh, and if you had Darren Waller, you're not uh, adding tight, two tight ends. Oh, that's another thing is um, I see some teams with Darren Waller plus George Kittle. It's getting a little more awkward as a fit uh, just because where their ADPs are. But to me, the bully tight end stuff, I don't truly love. Um, the correlation is basically non-existent between the opposite tight ends uh, together um, just because there's less big play potential. Uh, a bunch of Darren Waller targets, probably a slow-paced um, offense. You can pull it off if you want to. I would rather just go Darren Waller plus Brandon Ayuk or uh, George Kittle plus Hunter Renfro personally. Cardinals-Falcons. This is a very weird game to uh, rank for the game stacking purposes because 
Uh, the Falcons, we don't even know who their quarterback's going to be. Marcus Marietta is probably not very good. Um, and we don't know if Cordell Patterson's going to be playing receiver, running back, whatever his position is going to be. Um, but Drake London and Kyle Pitts are high upside picks, and the Cardinals are one of my favorite teams uh, to stack, period. Um, primary reasons is we have a reasonably priced tight end. I love including tight ends in these stacks. Tight ends are very uh, like spiked week week to week variance position. So if you can uh, add them into the correlation, it already makes your life easier. Um, and the other reason is Falcons defense sucks. This is a dome environment. Uh, Kyler Murray's ADP keeps dropping. Uh, I don't think that the, this Kyler Murray ADP reflects what a ceiling could be. And DeAndre Hopkins has gotten pretty damn cheap. And if week 17 is all that we care about, um, I'm not sure if DeAndre Hopkins should have pr- dropped quite this far. Um, what's very interesting about the Kyler Murray teams, though, is you're going to see a lot more Kyler Murray plus Marquise Brown stacks because they're being drafted uh, kind of in this like uh, 11, 12th spot. The DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray teams are a little bit harder to pull off because they're on opposite sides of the board. Um, You catch a Kyler Murray team slipping. If you get a DeAndre Hopkins to fall to you, that's awesome. I would be going out of my way to going with the Kyler Murray plus DeAndre Hopkins plus Zach Ertz. That's by far far my favorite pairing. And if you're talking about just player takes in general, I want to be fading Rondale Moore, and I want to be... buying Zach Ertz. So this is like a perfect example. If you're looking for a little mini correlation, if you drafted Drake London uh, and you want a little correlation, you can still have a player take that you're not on Rondell Moore this year and that you think that Zach Ertz could catch uh, seven passes in week 17. And that's how you can uh, include your player take while also eating up some of the correlation. Last note on the Falcons is I think Brian Edwards is probably going to be starting for them, probably in two wide receiver sets. And he's basically free. He doesn't get drafted all that often. Um, So I think that he is a good, like, number eight, number nine wide receiver on your teams for uh, the Kyler Murray stacks. Panthers-Bucks, I think I like this game more than most, for sure. A couple reasons. Obviously, Tom Brady is extremely easy to stack with. Mike Evans in round two. Chris Godwin in round five. Uh, Brady goes in round seven. Russell Gage goes in round eight. Gronk goes up in round 9, 10 turn, probably will settle in the round 8, 9 range once he fully gets back. So it's very easy to just pick two of those. I like including Gronk here because of the touchdown upside. You automatically get those touchdown or the tight end points from him and then pick one of the wide receivers. You can also go Mike Evans plus Russell Gage, and they're correlated not just because they're on the same team with Tom Brady, but also if Chris Godwin has a setback, those two are correlated uh, together. So this is like a Big no-brainer. I even think that Cameron Brait, if you need a third tight end because you punted it off and you missed on Gronk on a Tom Brady team, I think Tom Brady or Cameron Brait has a touchdown upside for sure um, in a single game environment. I think the other thing that's interesting about this is the Panthers will be trailing in this game most likely. The, the point spread will be 8, 9, 10, 11, somewhere in that range. And they're... It's DJ Moore in the third round. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey, top five. But Robbie Anderson 
is the next ranked player, and he doesn't go until the 14th round. If DJ Moore misses time, or even if just Robbie Anderson's out there as the number two receiver, like to me, this would be a game environment. Robbie Anderson is a better and best ball player. He's super cheap. This is like one of my favorite things to do is go Bucks plus a Robbie Anderson bring back. It makes all the sense in the world to me. Um, at the top, I think that there's something interesting going on with Christian McCaffrey and Leonard Fournette because their ADPs line up in the round one and here comes Leonard Fournette in round two. I think that these pairings are going to be paired up a ton for correlation purposes. The running back plus opposing running back correlation for the bring back really doesn't exist all that much. Maybe it does because Christian McCaffrey is basically a wide receiver uh, when he's trailing. But I, I do think that there's an easier way to, to go unique here. I would much rather, if you can get Mike Evans to fall to you, go McCaffrey Evans or just skip over Leonard Fournette, pick Leonard Fournette on another team and make sure to, to get McCaffrey paired up uh, with Godwin or Russell Gage or Gronk or someone like that. But this is this is a game that's it's in Tampa Bay, like in all these other games, like in Cincinnati, in Green Bay, in New England. So this could be a, one of the uh, better weather games, too. So definitely on it. Steelers Ravens. This is second time through the schedule. Bad weather. Two uh, gritty teams. Not necessarily the most fast-paced team. So the game environment's not all that great, but there are superstars, and um, especially at the top, Najee Harris, Mark Andrews. I think that's a perfect one-two start. Uh, it will be somewhat replicated, uh, but that can be most of the touchdowns in this game. You knock out the tight end position. Uh, to me, what's most interesting about this game is the Lamar Jackson doubles and I'm on team to not reach in general, but there are instances when it makes sense uh, game theory wise stacking wise. And I think reaching on Lamar Jackson could be pretty smart. Now it's pretty early into best ball mania three, where maybe these ADPs just kind of settle, but if in the next puppy draft uh, or if you just want to start getting ahead of this uh, right now, the only way to get Mark Andrews, Lamar Jackson, and Rashad Bateman on the same team right now is either getting really lucky and having both Lamar Jackson and Rashad Bateman fall into round five, round six, or the easiest way to do this is to just draft Lamar Jackson in round four uh, after drafting Mark Andrews. That would be about a 10, uh, 10 spots above ADP, and usually I would be freaking out over that. I think that it is justified in this. Uh, you'd be soaking up almost all of the upside in this offense if you did it uh, did it that way. And I think that Mark Andrews, Lamar Jackson, and Rashad Bateman teams are going to be somewhat rare just because uh, the way that the ADPs sit and how they kind of align here. So I think that Lamar Jackson around four teams make a little bit of sense here. And Lamar Jackson just could be a total set and be worth a fourth-round pick, no problem this year um, as well. The Steelers stack is uh, a little bit interesting because they're the wide receivers uh, and the tight ends are completely separated. There's no conflict there. You can pick one or two of them as bringbacks. Uh, Pat Fryermuth, Chase Claypool, George Pickens go late enough where you can easily do a double bringback without Kenny Pickett. I do want to know, and this is something I'm kind of trying to think through, is the late round quarterbacks that aren't being drafted, someone like Kenny Pickett, who just based off of the mystery box theory has some upside. He was a first round pick. Uh, I'm not saying that he can be Justin Herbert, but 
that I think that one of the only late round quarterback things that uh, have upside to me could be the rookies. Um, and when you draft Kenny Pickett in round 18, you're adding correlation through like multiple of your picks. If you have Deontay Johnson and Pat Fryermuth, uh, because you have Lamar Jackson, I do think that Kenny Pickett's kind of interesting because your 18th round pick gets correlated. Uh, your round 11 pick gets more correlated and your round four pick gets more correlated and the Ravens picks get more correlated and it's unique because Kenny Pickett's probably being drafted in, I don't know, 20% of drafts right now anyway. So um, something to think through with the Kenny Pickett stuff, um, his seat, like the odds of him being a top five fantasy quarterback are super low uh, in week 17, but it's probably higher than how often the stack is replicated. And I think that adding some of the correlation with your quarterback three uh, makes some sense. Or if you just wanted to go Lamar Jackson and Kenny Pickett, your number two quarterback, because you only want to uh, have two quarterbacks with a elite quarterback build. I think that's pretty interesting as well. Vikings Packers, uh, super interesting game for week 17 purposes, because this is like, shrinkage weather green bay in january is nobody's business it is much colder in green bay than it is in cincinnati i looked at the weather uh typically this will also be in uh the second time in the end division uh there's those are uh historically lower scoring games uh the packers defense i think people are under underestimating how good that unit's going to be it could easily be a top three uh some people are saying they might have the best defense in the league um Lots of things happening here, but at the same exact time, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, complete smashes, uh, obviously top uh, 20 overall players um, in ADP. I do think you're going to see a lot of Justin Jefferson, Aaron Jones teams, um, but I do think it makes some sense. Aaron Jones is going to be operating as a pass catcher in this offense just because the rest of the depth chart um, is pretty bad. Uh I do think that there's somebody on the Packers right now is being completely underdrafted. I think right now I would have to guess that's Alan Lazard. Uh, Aaron Rodgers basically called him his number one. He's like the longest tenured pass catcher on this team. Uh, he can play inside and outside. He's probably going to be starting in two wide receiver sets. Rodgers trusts him more than rookie Christian Watson, who I'm not even sure if Aaron Rodgers knows uh, exist. Um, maybe they sign Julio Jones to a $5 million contract. And that's the underrated player in this offense. Maybe Robert Tunyon comes back and he's healthier than we're, we're expecting. I don't know. I don't think it's Sammy Watkins. I watched Sammy Watkins last year. He was miserable. Uh, Romeo dubs, I guess in the last round, Randall Cobb, I guess, but I think Alan Lazard probably should just be going a little bit higher here. And I think that uh, Jeff and Justin Jefferson plus Alan Lazard teams makes some sense here, but I am concerned. I know it's really early. This is the game I like. really want to be all in on the Vikings because I like their head coach. I like their offensive structure. Um, I think they could be playing faster this year, all those things. But then you get into in Green Bay on January uh, 1st. It's not the best setup, especially if they get A.J. Dillon going. Um, that's my only concern here. Saints Falcons. This is another one where in theory, I think I would like this game, but then the saints and the Eagles could be playing slow. Their defenses are pretty good. This is outside in Philly. Um, so it's not my perfect setup, but 
Uh, the prices aren't too scary here. If you can get Alvin Kamara with AJ Brown at the round two, three turn, I think that's totally smart. Uh, that would be somewhat unique because they're both second round picks currently. Uh, Michael Thomas ADP is falling all over the place. Um, I think the most interesting discussion here is how many players to stack with Jalen Hurts. And I know that this sounds like a broken record. I think you can do double stacks with Jalen Hurts, but I would rather go AJ Brown or Devonta Smith with Dallas Goddard rather than AJ Brown and Devonta Smith with Jalen Hurts, just because I want that tight end spot filled in my stacks. Uh, most of the time, it's just easier for Dallas Goddard to be a top five tight end. If AJ Brown goes off rather than AJ Brown and Devonta Smith going off in an offense, it's probably going to be middle of the pack in like total passes this year. Um, what does make this interesting for Jalen Hurts and Devonta Smith, though, is both of them are sixth round picks. And just the way that the turns are working here, it's a little bit uh, interesting to how, how do you get Jalen Hurts and Devonta Smith paired up on the same team here. So if you catch one of them falling a little bit. I think you should definitely scoop it up just because it's probably not going to be paired together as often um, as we think. Number 10, I have a teardrop here. We're now we're getting into the games that are looking pretty ugly. Cowboys Titans. This is the Thursday night game. Uh, those games are a little bit less scoring. Tennessee in January gets pretty snowy. Uh, this is uh, a Tennessee offense. That's probably going to be bottom five in pass attempts will be bottom five, probably in pace. Um, so it's not my favorite uh, actual setup, but you have CD Lamb and Derrick Henry, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Dak Prescott. There's some some. This is probably a game I think I like, like with the mini correlations rather than a full blown game stack. Uh, starting on the Cowboys side, it's very easy to tell. CD Lamb and Dak Prescott are going to be paired together a ton. Obviously, there's no number two wide receiver right now with Gallup injured, Jalen Tolbert being a rookie. Uh, they're being both drafted out of this like kind of 11, 12 spot in the draft so they're gonna be paired very frequently on the other side though Dak Prescott and Dalton Schultz will not be paired uh nearly as frequently uh because Dalton Schultz goes on the other side of the board so hopefully we get Schultz or Dak Prescott's ADP to move a little bit uh or you can just go out of your way and reach with Dak Prescott and Dalton Schultz here but it's a very weird build because I I truly just don't see how Dak, Dak Prescott has the quarterback season that you need based off of his cost without C.D. Lamb, just because the talent drop-off from C.D. Lamb to Michael Gallup, who might not even play all throughout September, is pretty massive. So it's just a weird team to kind of stack here. I don't really like Ryan Tannehill's upside uh, in this offense. Uh, Traylon Burks is definitely priced higher, like just player takes, going back to the player takes discussion. I don't really like Traylon Burks at this cost. Um, Robert Woods, I like him more, but I don't even really like Robert Woods' cost that much. So this is a game that I'm just not a big fan of. If I was doing it, I think CD Lamb plus Dak Prescott plus Michael Gallup and Austin Hooper would be the the way to do this. I think my favorite uh value is Austin Hooper in round 17. Dolphins Patriots. Very interesting game. Second time through the division in New England. It's going to be cold. These defenses historically been pretty good. 
The Patriots defense is does not look as good as it has been on paper here. Um, but this is one of those teams where it's kind of hard to get Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle on the same team. I'm not even sure if you want to do that. Uh, going back to the Joe Burrow, uh, T Higgins, Jamar Chase example. Um, but I do think that if you pick one of Hill or Jalen Waddle, uh, you can obviously pair him up with Mike Kosicki and Tua much later on. The m- more important angle here is the Patriots. Out of any team in the NFL, the Patriots' first drafted player goes later than any other team. D- Damian Harris is the 96th overall player. At the same exact time, Devontae Parker, the Patriots' number one wide receiver, goes later than any other team's number one wide receiver, and it's not even close. You look last year, the Patriots offense wasn't even that bad. That was at with Mac Jones with a rookie. Uh, I think that Devontae Parker uh, profile is uh, something that they lacked last year. They added Tyquan Thornton in the second round. Uh, you can call that a reach. I don't really care. He adds speed, and that will help this offense in some capacity. Johnny Smith literally can't get worse than he was playing like last year. So I think that this is an offense where uh, this offense is correlated to help you advance throughout, uh, like get coming first or second place in the the regular season. I think this offense has some spiked week potential. Um, if Mac Jones is just better than we think, and that's certainly possible after what he did at Alabama and as a rookie, I think that he's a little bit more mobile than we're giving credit for. But really, this is like an offense where you might not want to double stack a Patriots team because uh, like, oh, are they really going to be scoring 35 points in the playoffs when it matters? Probably not, but they come at such a cheap price that I think this is a team that you can double stack. I would even say this is a team that you can even triple stack because the price tags are just completely egregious. If I had to pick my favorite setup, it would be Devontae Parker, definitely Hunter Henry to get that tight end involved. Mac Jones and then Tyquan Thornton the last round because he goes undrafted in a large chunk of these uh, drafts right now. That would be my favorite setup. And if you just drafted Jalen Waddle in the third, fourth round, and then do have a huge Patriot stack instead of doing the two attack of Iloa route, I think that's very unique here. Um, so I think the Patriots are pretty just a, a team to keep in mind. I think especially uh, later on because this is just a cheap team and you can get correlation from round eight to round 18 like super easy um and they're gonna be playing at home colts giants uh talking about uniqueness this is a great example of that uh saquon barkley michael Pittman. they are very clearly positively correlated at ceilings as bring back options Both of them right now are third round picks. Now, Saquon Barkley might climb here to make this somewhat irrelevant, but I do think that there is something to uh, drafting Saquon Barkley in the second round and then reaching on Michael Pittman to go at the round two, three turn, get Saquon and and Michael Pittman together. Right now, that combination is going to be somewhat rare just because they're both third round picks. I love this one a ton here. Uh, throwing Matt Ryan at the end of that and you're ready to go. Uh, You can even stack. I think that Saquon Barkley is one of the few uh, running backs who's actually correlated at the ceilings with his quarterback or running back quarterback correlation uh, because he's going to be catching so many passes here. The Giants are one of these like last second stacks. To me, I like Saquon Barkley's price. 
I really like Kadarius Tony's price. You can sell me on how Kenny Galladay has a couple spike tweaks here. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of Wandale Robinson personally, but he goes so late, uh, even after Daniel Jones, that he makes some sense in some builds. Uh, I like Alec Pierce as a better and best ball candidate. So to me, this isn't the Giants and the Colts probably aren't going to be the greatest offenses, but I think both of them could be middle of the pack this year and their price tags are really cheap here. So um, I guess the other only other debate is are Jonathan Taylor and Saquon Barkley correlated um, at the round one and that the round two, three turn. I probably say yes, they'll be paired together very frequently. Um, I think if I was doing Jonathan Taylor, I'd probably skip over Saquon and then wait for Kadarius Tony and Kenny Galladay um, based off a little, it'll probably be a little bit more unique. Um, and I know for a fact, Kadarius Tony's uh, definitely correlated with Jonathan Taylor, but uh, my favorite thing to do here is Saquon plus Michael Pittman. Jaguars, Texans, at least these defenses suck. And at least this is in a dome. Uh, you can't say that about a lot of the other matchups that we've gone over. These are very, very cheap teams. Uh, right now, it's pretty hard to get Travis Etienne and Brandon Cooks together uh, without doing something egregious. If you can do that, I, I love that. Um, but really, I like just stacking the, the Jaguars. You have better coaching staff, better offensive line, Trevor Lawrence in his second season, better wide receivers, the Texans stink, uh, Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins are both better in best ball profiles. This is a last second addition to get some correlation. To me, I would be going out of my way to get some Trevor Lawrence stacks. I think that Travis Etienne is going to catch enough passes where they're correlated together here. Evan Ingram's uh, one of my favorite late round tight ends. Knock that posi position out. I think that Christian Kirk, Trevor Lawrence, Evan Ingram with a Nico Collins bring back is as cheap as it gets, as correlated as it gets. The matchup aligns. This is one of those that kind of underrated, not a full, full blown stack. You don't have to do, go crazy here, but adding some correlation in this game to me makes a ton of sense. Bears Lions. Also a dome game. The Lions defense probably going to be better than it was, but probably still bad. The Bears defense lost a lot of talent this this year. They're probably not going to be as good as they once were. Um, this game's at least somewhat interesting. I don't think that you have to go full-blown game stacks here, but Justin Fields plus Darnell Mooney plus Cole Komet, why not? Justin Fields' ADP has dropped far enough where now I'm getting uh, back interested here. I like Byron Pringle, who goes undrafted a lot. Belis Jones goes undrafted a lot. So I think that Justin Fields is very easy to stack here. And what's nice about Justin Fields is uh, DeAndre Swift is correlated with him on, as a bring back. You can pick any of these wide receivers. I think my favorite angle is eventually going to be Jamison Williams, but only after his ADP drops. Um, I think that Jamison Williams will start the year on PUP, miss the six games. Once we get confirmation that that's the case, He'll probably drop from right now. He's going 10th in the 10th round, probably around 12 somewhere by DJ shark somewhere in there. And at that price going to be all over that Jameson Williams is like Mr. Flip the game script into like a shootout because he's so damn fast. So uh, I think this is a, a, a draft two, three players from this game and put a bow on it. I think that uh, totally makes some sense here. I think both of the backup running backs are interesting. Khalil Herbert and Jamal Williams. 
Uh, haven't done a ton in fantasy land, but they're both big enough. They both have soft enough hands where if something happens to David Montgomery or DeAndre Swift, I think they would vault into like the top 20 running back discussion, and they're very cheap. Now we're into the like absolutely just terrible games. Jets traveling across the country to face the Seahawks. Um, we don't know who the Seahawks quarterback is. My only theory with this game is DK Metcalf's prices keeps falling. Tyler Lockett's uh, doing the same thing. I'm wondering if like some of these players, when they don't have quarterback stacks, uh, people aren't like going out of their way to draft uh, the Jets because the, all the Jets players are coming after DK Metcalf. If Metcalf is falling in ADP for just reasons due to stacking, and that he's actually a reasonable value. I also think that you can talk about uh, correlation, not just based off of what's happening in the games, but correlation right now on the draft boards where if uh, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf and Noah Fant are correlated together because right now the assumption is Geno Smith or Drew Locke starting, but if that is Baker Mayfield, automatically I think both of those uh, wide receivers would climb a little bit, so you're automatically getting some correlation. So... Uh, the uncertainty at quarterback, I think, makes these offenses uh, maybe a little bit cheaper than they should be, and that there's some correlation even before we get to August here, potentially with Metcalf uh, and Lockett and Fant and pick your favorite running back here. Um, so I think I really like D DK Metcalf in round four. Uh, I think he can sauce up Sauce Gardner uh, as a rookie. The Jets discussion. Most likely outcome, Zach Wilson is trash. I watched him last year. That's just the fact of the matter. He was a very boom-bust profile. Uh, this offense isn't the, exactly the greatest offense for fantasy production because they're a slow pace. They have two tight ends. There will be a, a wide receiver rotation. I think that might frustrate us because they use a fullback as well. Um, slow pace. They have two good running backs. I'm a little bit nervous about all that stuff. Um but there's no question Elijah Moore is very good. Garrett Wilson's good. Uh, I think Corey Davis a little bit slept on. Um, and then both, obviously, the running backs are good. So uh, don't really love Zach Wilson. The Seahawks defense is probably a little bit underrated um, on the road. This is just not my favorite game environment. Obviously, it won't be for anybody. Last game. Browns at Commanders. Obviously, this changes if Deshaun Watson is active. I'm at this point projecting most likely outcome is that he does not play this year, period. Second most likely outcome is that he gets suspended eight-plus games. If either of those things happen, Deshaun Watson, Amari Cooper, all of them probably fall in ADP. Um, I just don't love this game. This <laughs> These defenses are reasonable. It'll be bad weather. Um, I don't see much upside with Carson Wentz. Um, there's could be a wide receiver rotation. There's four decent wide receivers. They have a bunch of running backs. Um, I, I really just don't know what to do with this game. I do like Nick Chubb individually. I do like David Njoku individually. Um, but beyond that, it's not really my favorite game. Uh, this is like an offense. If you want to have player takes like, just don't really draft anybody from these offenses uh, outside of some exceptions with Chubb and Njoku and just move on. So 
that's my thoughts with week uh, 17. Uh, obviously, we'll be doing draft, like actual live drafts every single Monday. Uh, and I think that, that'll be easier to kind of go through our process of like how we're actually identifying and, and using these stacks, how often to do it. Uh, but kind of just to recap, you don't have to do this every single pick, but it is helpful if you are getting these players at the right um, ADP. Uh, make sure you're not going too crazy uh, either direction here. You can still have player takes. Um, so you can just combine all these things, combine it with roster construction, and that's how you have the best uh, chance of winning $2 million, $1 million, taking down the puppy, all of those things. All of it matters, really. Week 17 correlation matters. Player takes matter. Roster construction matters. Uh, identifying trends when things get overpriced, underpriced based off of current ADPs. All of it matters. Uh, preseason notes matter. You got to kind of factor in all of these things properly. Don't be hyper-focused on one of these things. This is definitely an art form, um, but make sure you get some Rams, Chargers, Stacks because that game looks pretty, pretty damn sick right now. All right, no questions really in the comment. Um, but if you have them, make sure to throw them in the comments below. I'll try to answer them. Go read this column. I think this is a good column to have uh, kind of up while you're while you are drafting because uh, you can just do Command F and then you can just go. All right, Falcons. I drafted. Uh, I drafted Drake London. Who do I need to be eyeing? What part of the draft board are they going? What are the odds these players get back to me? You get a better feel, I think, by seeing the actual draft board uh, rather than like just only using the queue. So uh, this is on Underdog Network. I have a ton of other stuff as well. Everything's free on Underdog Network here. Um, we have the Underdog Cardio Club, Uniqueness in Best Ball Tournaments, uh, reaching on players. Charles McDonald does like game film and like news analysis. Uh, contingent based drafting was one of my favorite ones. And then Josh and I will be doing rankings on Underdog Network on the channel. Leave us a like, sub to the channel. Uh, we'll be doing best ball content, regular fantasy football content. Who knows what else we're going to be uh, eyeing up. Best ball season is starting to really take off here. Uh, the puppy's about to close. We're back into Best Ball Mania 3 land. And with that, I'm going to get out of here. I'll see you guys on Monday night.